We've been calling this deer a 13 point. You know, we had trail cam pictures of him um, and he was always 13, but he had this four inch kicker that came off his main beam that was always behind an ear mm-hmm. in all the trail cam pictures. So was pleasantly surprised with that. And he was at least 15 inches larger in person than I ever thought he was on camera. I just totally underestimated his mass. You can hide where you want to. You can run where you may. Welcome to the Eighth and Time Podcast. I've got the usual suspects in the room. This is your host, Grant Burnett. I've got Austin Pellegrino and Justin Hill. It's been 45 days, guys. Been a while, been a while. A little bit. <laughs> and in that 45 days, it's uh, it's been one heck of a deer season for somebody in this room and one hell of a deer season for two of the people in this room. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, last time we, we started this off was opening weekend, right after opening weekend, uh, Tennessee archery season. Um, October 4th was the last time we were on here doing this. So here we are recording in um, my bonus room. All wood walls, wooden floor, um, <laughs> a.k.a. Echo Central. Gymnasium. Yeah, gymnasium. <laughs> but hey, uh, we're here doing our thing, and uh, we're happy to be back on the podcast and uh, rocking and rolling, doing our thing. That's right. What we do. So um, as... Uh, as I said, it's been one heck of a season for somebody in this room, and really, it, it we our last podcast was in early October, mid to late October is when the success for Mr. Justin Hill started. <laughs> October twenty second. Twenty second. You know yeah. what? You know what other is uh, other significance about October twenty second is Tell right? everybody. That's uh, that's my wedding anniversary. Woo! <laughs> And you so, were in an ear stand. Yeah, yeah, you know. You if y'all stick around woman. me long enough, y'all might learn a thing or two. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. You got to dial it in, don't you? Well, I, I, <clears throat> Rebecca might not have known this, but I've been watching the weather for a while. I was like, hey, I think we ought to, separate, uh, I think we ought to uh, celebrate that Friday before. She's like, that's a great idea, you know, Jack and everybody. No, nah, I'm just kidding. We really did talk about it, and it just made more <laughs> sense with with Jack and everything to go ahead and celebrate on Friday because we had somebody to watch him. So that meant that the stars were aligning for that good <laughs> that good weather front, the high pressure pushing in that October 22nd. Well, my favorite my favorite part about that story was the, I was on vacation. The mind games the, well, the that mind was games. going through my head. Yeah, but I was on vacation. Um, I left out the eight, 17th or 18th. Uh, but left out, I was on vacation, and I remember us texting and talking, and there was going to be one of the kind of the, just the different change in the weather. I don't want to say it just got bitter cold, but it was just going to be a change in the weather. Yeah, it wasn't uh, super cold. But we got, you got a wind that worked really well for that stand. No, 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 no. that's the, yeah, that's the kicker, right? But if y'all remember like a week prior, or it was like five days prior, I said, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to kill him. On Tuesday. Tuesday, yes. Y'all remember that in the text message. That's what I was getting to. That's what I was trying to remember is why you said that. What made you say Tuesday? It was the weather change. I mean, it had been super hot, and then it was going to drop down like 20 or 30 degrees that night. Oh, yeah. uh, Because it got pretty chilly that night. And uh, it was just, the wind was blowing about 10 miles an hour. 
But the thing about Tuesday was I've been watching the weather, watching the wind. Well, coming down to that morning, the wind changed directly out of the west. And I had a, I had a showing, I had a meeting in Fairview, and that was my whole plan. I was going to go to Fairview, be home by lunchtime, change, get in the stand. But the wind was literally right out of the west, which is the terrible, most worst wind you can have. If you were looking at an aerial map of my stand, where the bedding is, where they're feeding, the white oaks that we're sitting under, it's just like, yeah, you can't hunt it on the west wind. But after years and years of hunting that area, that stand, the wind is never 100% true in there. Rarely is it. A north wind is the only wind that is absolutely true wind. Mm-hmm. Everything else, because you're on the side of a hill, everything's either swirling, you got thermals coming up and down, and it's just, it's crazy. So I sat in my driveway for 30 minutes that day. Am I going to go? Am I gonna? Nope, not going to do it. I'm just going to go back to work. But then I was just like, you know what? I've been planning it. I've been saying I was going to do it. So I started changing. And luck was on my side that afternoon, no doubt. Luck ain't got nothing to do with it. That's an <laughs> understatement. The, uh, I mean, I'd say that looking back, all I've called you is just one lucky SOB. But <laughs> going into that, you weren't lucky. It was yeah, all about your plan. So I, I walk in at, uh, it's like 2 o'clock. I walk in, I bust deer out of there. I say it's just a huge oak flat, drops down to the bottom. You got bedding to the straight west of you. You're on the side of a hill. You got bedding behind you. Uh, so I bust deer out of there. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many. I'd say five or six. So walking in, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> Should not be in here right now. Like, this is just a sign. So anyway, oh, spooked the deer out of there. Then I realized I left my rangefinder. Dude. I'm bad about that. I'm bad about that. I'm going to get you a checklist or something when you get to the, like, when you get out of the truck. And I think it's more of a, I've hunted this stand enough. I know the yardages in this stand. Yeah. But I think it's more of a comfort thing than anything. Like, I've got my rangefinder on me. I'm... I'm I'm complete. It's one so of those key uh, items you gotta have. Yeah. So uh, I'll go back to the truck, get it, get back down to where I spooked the deer. And I said, "Man, I did not put deodorant on." <laughs> and I'm sweating a little bit. That then this is mid October. But we had this cold front coming in. I mean, wind was blowing. It was getting chillier. I said, "Ah, screw it. I'm gonna go in without deodorant on." And. uh so I covered up with cover scent, and I mean, I was as covered as you could be. I had that what new cam- camo dust oh, man. that my That's buddy in Texas told me about, and I'm a, I'm a, let's just say that was the first time I ever used it, so uh, I'm a believer now. <laughs> <laughs> he went and bought a bunch now. <clears throat> yeah, so climbed up in the stand. Wind could not be more perfect. It was blowing directly to the north. It was more like a south southeast wind. Um, but yeah, back to what you said though, real quick to go back to the wind because that's what I was getting at. The wind was not supposed to be doing that. Yeah, yeah. It's, the weather channel like up on Everything. top of the hill, it's blowing west. Yes. But the way you are on the side of this hill and like kind of down on this bottom. Over, when you get out of the truck over there, you're like, oh man, this wind is freaking perfect. <laughs> I'm gonna get in there. They don't even know I'm there. You get down there and it's like blowing straight where it doesn't need to be going. You're like, 
What did I did I walk through a wormhole getting down yeah. here? It's the weirdest. I don't know. That's the most difficult place to hunt. Yeah. And it's just like a gradual slope, but you kind of got a bottom in front of you. And it goes back up. It's just super weird. I mean, you've hunted it. Oh yeah, I've been out there. I want to pull it up on top of graph. I need to. I think it's one of the taller hills in that area. Yeah. And it, you've got a low bottom there, and I just think you, you get swirling winds coming up that hill on both sides. When it pushes up one side of that hill, the other, it kind of does that. I don't know what you what the effect is called, but it just. It swirls. It draws yeah. that wind back around that hillside. And like I've said, since I, start, I started hunting with you over there, I think that's why the deer love it. Mm-hmm. It's because they get down in there and they're like, hey, I'm out. Yeah. But yeah, you you had the wherewithal to say, everything's right. I got I to gotta give it a go. What was it? Last year we were saying... Yeah. We're doing everything right. Yep. Maybe we should do everything wrong. We were saying that last year. I mean, we last year was tough. Last it was. was such a hard season. Yeah. And I remember being like, man, I remember being like 13, 14 years old or even older, you know, 17, 18, it probably even dumber. 17, 18 years old, get in the truck, get dressed right at the tailgate while it's running, exhaust blowing all over you, clothes been in the garage with the dogs, you know, dip cans, sitting in deer, sitting in deer stand, <laughs> dipping, all that. And have deer all over you. <laughs> yeah. As I get older, you got everything you, you can name under the sun. You can't get a deer within 100 yards. Yeah. It seemed like last year. Yeah. So, that's, yeah, we did have a conversation in that deer stand. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did. So, you climbed up in the stand. It could not be more perfect. South, southeast wind. Um, I mean, deer started funneling back in immediately. Got this, like I said, big oak front uh, flat right there, and they're just killing it. And... Um, I had four bucks come through before uh, the 13 stepped out, and uh, they were gradually getting larger, and they were just kind of cruising. They would eat a little bit, but there were some does in there, and they're kind of bumping them around. Um, and I'm self-filming. This would be my first successful self-film hunt, and so that's kind of a new animal to get used to uh, in itself. So, and if there was anybody in this room that I'd be more nervous about just saying, ah, didn't work out. He's dead, but uh, I, I didn't get it on camera. It's just you know. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I've got the camera that I filmed the does, filmed every other buck that come through. And it was like, I got does in front of me that had been there for about 15 minutes. So I kind of like, turn the record button off because I'm just like burning footage and then it was like five minutes after that I see a, a deer in the bottom I just catch that dark that dark body and I'm like no oh, it looks like a big body and then I catch a glimpse of his rack and it's just like everything else goes out the window <laughs> there's a camera do what like it's just you're focused I, I mean you get tunnel vision and I see why people forget to hit record because that big buck's coming up. He's cautious, more cautious than any of the deer has been in there prior. Uh, he's taking a different trail than any of the other bucks. Um, I mean, super cautious. And the wind's blowing about 10 miles an hour, so he's even more cautious. Uh, he can see the does, but he's not in any hurry to get up there. And so I'm just sitting there watching him, watching him. If you see the footage, he gets to about 40 yards, and he's on edge at that point. There's some does within 10 foot of my tree, and I don't know if they catch my wind, but in the in the background audio, you can hear some does trotting around underneath me. 
And um, it was just kind of one of those, it's now or never. And then I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> I haven't hit record yet. Yeah, yeah. So I want to back up two things here. Two, two, two things here. Right. One is is coaching up new hunters. That's where I want to start real quick. It's just telling people about what you saw. And, and that's one thing in that moment that I, you know, it, it can take a long time to to pick up on this. You know, you'll get deer in in bow range, or even if you're hunting and you're out in the field, and you're like, ah, I guess it's just those deer. Nah, that's not what I'm out here to shoot. And you'll relax, and you'll sit down, and you'll get your phone out, and start ranging, or whatever, and texting, and take pictures, whatever. Mature deer that like that, like, like that deer, literally sit back, hang out for 15, 25, 30, seconds or minutes and just wait they're watching they watch all those other deer get up there and feed they'll let them feed an extra 20 30 yards and make sure nothing spooks them and then like and then they might then they might make their way yep, up there that's right normally they would come in on the downwind side but the fact that the traffic had been coming from that area i mean they're right. coming from the bedding to eat and they're going to make their way out into that little field that little hay field and they're in the bottom um so, like I said, I, I finally realized I need to hit record. So, yeah, there. <laughs> so, you, but you had been recording, yes, right? And you yes. were like, ah, I've been, I'm burning up footage, burning up battery. Yep, yeah. So, you kind of like, all right, I'll just wait. And then he comes in, and you do, you go into kill mode. Yeah, I've been there. Tunnel vision, no You doubt. go into kill mode. Where's my bow at? Is my release? Can I still see my pins? Can my legs stop shaking for just a second? <laughs> no, you yeah. go in that mode, so... You had the wherewithal though to be like, oh, what made? What did you see? Like, what made you remember that the camera wasn't recording? Because that's tough. I think it was. To be honest, I don't really remember. I'd be had Grant in the back of your head, like press record. It was probably. <laughs> it was probably. I couldn't draw my bow without hitting the camera, and I was like, I gotta hit record. There's a camera. <laughs> there. Oh, no. what it was he had to push the camera out of the way to kill a deer, and he was like, oh, it's not even recording. <laughs> no, no, I. I, I kind of <laughs> forgot that it wasn't recording. Right. I thought it was recording the whole time, but I remember looking at the screen to see if he was in frame yet, and it just said standby. And I was like, "Oh crap!" Ooh. So I reached up there and hit record. Um, and in the back of my head, I could hear Grant yelling at me uh, if I didn't hit record. So uh, I had no room. So so after I hit record, he had been walking up about 20 yards, but nothing crazy. He's been easing up there. And in the footage, you can tell once those does start trotting around, like a limb drops out of the tree. And he like he drops about 12 inches, like hunkers down, like about to bolt. And I was like, oh, my God. And he's facing me, quartering to me. And it's a tough shot with all the brush in front of you at that point anyway. And I wasn't going to take a quarter and two shot. And, uh, because yeah, when he first comes in, he's, I mean, he's, he's almost dead straight in. He's walking. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he thought he was looking at my soul, to be honest with you. He knew you were there. I mean, he was, yeah, it was just nuts. So, anyway, he, he comes in, and then those does start trotting around again, and he stomps twice. And I believe he, he turns broadside when he's like kind of gearing up to get out of there. Mm -hmm. And that's when, I let her eat. You make one final little move with the camera. Yeah, I, I ease the camera out with my elbows so I can draw. Still in, still, the deer is still in frame. Um, to be honest, it framed him up nice. Yeah. To be honest. It really did. Professional elbow move. That, 
They you don't, know, they don't, they don't teach you that teach at Harlan Bowen. They don't teach you that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Caleb, oh, Caleb Copeland didn't teach us that at Red yeah. Tech Podcast. That's right. That's right. I learned that from experience. Yeah. That's right. From experience. <clears throat> street smarts right there. So uh, we let her eat, or I let her eat, and uh, right when I, so he's down, I'm shooting downhill. He ducked a little bit, and I was a little worried about hitting him high. Um, I was actually watching the footage when we were in the stand. We actually hunted this afternoon, and yeah. I was I was watching the slow-mo footage of me shooting that deer again, and, like, it was a definite done deal, you know, but everything— Dead on his feet. Yeah. Everything that goes through your head after you shoot a buck with your bow and you think you made a bad shot, and you just start playing devil's advocate on everything. Um, I know that feeling. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah. get into that here in a minute. Yeah. <clears throat> I brought my belt. <laughs> I brought my pocket knife. What shirt are you wearing? Yeah. True. There's two shirts for these shirts. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, we let him eat, and uh, I, I called, uh, tried to call everybody, but nobody would answer the that phone. Is a, dude, that's my, my, that's my favorite part of the story. <laughs> I answered right away. Yeah, I, know, I know you did. I was the last person he called. Yeah. He's in the stand on camera trying to call everybody, and no one's answering. Yeah. Like the audio in the camera is like, <laughs> you've reached the voicemail, love. And I'm like, I'm calling people. They know I'm hunting. I'm calling them in daylight. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, I was finally, on vacation. Yeah. Finally ended up getting in touch with my wife. Yeah. Um, and then ended up getting in touch with Grant. She was at uh, the restaurant you had reservations at yeah, yeah. and waiting for you to get there. The flowers were already there. <laughs> I'm not. <kidding. laughs> yeah. Hey, babe, I'm going to be a little late to your anniversary dinner. <laughs> but I'm breaking I just, dinner. I just smoked him. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was actually at my mom's house. Yep. Um, so I backed out, reviewed the footage. I think I waited two hours, called my dad. My dad came and helped, and um, he's not too tech-savvy, so we didn't really get much of the recovery. Right after I got out of the stand, I went down there, found the arrow where it broke off, found blood, backed out. But it was just my dad and I going in there and dragging him out. So Go back to that, if you don't mind. Uh, when you got down, I'm trying to be honest, replay the footage in my head right now. Did how much? You got a lot of penetration. I got... It was probably 20, 20 inches of penetration. Yeah. I mean, it went all the way through him and was sitting like on the hide on the opposite side. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, but I, I definitely hit top lungs. What do you think caused it not to be a passer? Did you catch ribs? Um, I do know the answer to that. Yeah? <laughs> I had shot a deer with that broadhead oh. uh, last year. Okay. And... I uh, I just know you have a long draw length, heavy yeah. arrows, and you you I, pull what 68, 70 pounds, seventy pounds, seventy pounds, seventy pounds, three. But yeah, I shot a deer with that broadhead last year, Rage two blade. I sharpened, you know, they have a sharpener. Yeah. I yeah. sharpened the the blades, but I, I think that was a lot to do with it. It wasn't; they were not that sharp. Gotcha. Um, after I shot him, I was like. Darn, I should have used those new broadheads. I was just curious. You know, the the, I, I was thinking back about the angle. He had his front leg forward, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I was curious about the penetration. And not That did worry me, though. Oh, when yeah. When he ran off, I mean, I saw him snap it off. I could see my arrow through my binos laying down there. 
Um, so when I saw it, there was good blood where it snapped off, and there yeah. was a good blood trail from yeah. there. Um, but I thought in my head I definitely hit high lung, no doubt. Mm-hmm. And especially after reviewing the footage. So my dad got there, and I just left the camera in the truck because it's super thick down there where he ran, like hands and knees stuff. Um, so we started tracking. It was good blood, and then it kind of fizzled out. It was good blood for 50 yards, and it kind of fizzled out. The only thing I could think of, it was a high lung, so your lungs cavity kind of has to fill up the blood before it really starts pumping it out. After that, I mean, it really started flowing. He only ran probably about 150 yards straight downhill. Hmm. Biggest body deer I've ever killed in the state of Tennessee. And it was everything my dad and I could do to drag that deer out. I would definitely say 200, 200 plus uh, body. And uh, yeah. Oh, he, was, was a, he was a hoss. I mean, the pictures don't, don't do it justice and it's yeah. always hard to tell, but. Because you're such a big guy, but if you would literally put myself behind it, or just because I'm short, not skinny, but if you put Austin behind it, it looks like skinny. Well, Austin <laughs> would look like you know uh, Willy Wonka. What do they what do they call little dudes walking around? But yeah, it was an absolute. Uh, we've been calling this deer a 13 point. You know, we had trail camp pictures of him, um, and. He was always 13, but he had this four-inch kicker that came off his main beam that was always behind an ear mm-hmm. in all the truck and pictures. So I was pleasantly surprised with that. And he was at least 15 inches larger in person than I ever thought he was on camera. I just totally underestimated his mass. I mean, he had like six-inch bases, you know, 24 and 23-inch main beams just I was I was off on every measurement. Not that that matters, but yeah, I was just I always like to score deer on camera, and, and you're good and, at that. And I totally totally misjudged that deer. It's a good surprise. <clears throat> so congratulations, my friend. Appreciate it. Absolute Appreciate stud. It. And I know you put your we. I know you put your homework. We put our homework in, but I know you did your homework. Did your due diligence. Would not have killed those that deer without Moultrie mobile cameras. Hands down, that is the number one reason I killed that buck. Um, and how I found that out was how, how I felt like I had a better chance was for at least a week and a half, every time that that deer was on camera at night or early morning, like midnight to 4 a.m., he was bedding at the closest bedding area, which was down the hill. And he would always be in daylight that afternoon so let's just say he was on camera at 4 a.m this morning he would have been in there this afternoon in daylight that's what he did for a week and a half and um so he was literally in there at 3 a.m that morning and so i figured he was probably in the closest bedding area and sure enough he was i mean it was picture perfect couldn't have drawn it up any better um but yeah knock on wood everything worked out <laughs> but those those cameras are sick. Well, they're a game changer for yeah. us. Well, that's what I was going to ask you too. You know, everybody talks about the rut, what we're in, literally in right now. And to be honest, the rut and like velvet season, I don't want to say the hunting is easier, but deer just, you see more activity. You see more daylight activity. October, I mean, there's a term, it's called the October lull. It is not easy to kill deer in October. I have done it, you've done it. Um, 
you killed velvet last year, but you've seen deer. You've seen our, us hunting Austin in October. Yep. It just kind of goes from summer patterns, and then there's just that weird period through October. Um, they go hard horned. Deer, you know, bucks start pushing each other around a little bit, and things get a little bit different. Um, but I'm so glad that you brought up the cell cameras because it's been something that I've always wanted since they came out to do, and to see that be such a pivotal moment in such a part of the success story for the 14 point the yeah. the uh, I thought he was a 13 <laughs> um, and like you said I mean every picture we got even on the cell cams you could not see that little curl point coming out behind it it's pretty cool yeah um, but that's what I was going to ask you about is what I want to consider still early season success you know you said that you said the cell cams um, if you could pick out just a couple of other things about what do you think makes can swing things back into a hunter's favor the wind. during the early season. Yeah. The wind. Yeah. Uh, 100%. I mean, the the homework side, that time of year, you want to know where they're sleeping, and they're they're worried about sleeping and eating. You know, that's, that's what they're doing. So you just got to get between there. And... Yes, you want to watch the weather fronts, any change in temperature. You watch the juries, they'll say any change in weather, whether it's been hot for five days and it cools down for two days, or it's been cold for 10 days and it heats up for a day. Any change in weather, you know, you want to be in a stand during those times. High pressure um, definitely plays a part in that as well. Um, I always get excited when I get in the stand and I check that pressure. I'm like, ooh, we picked a good day. But uh, But if I had to pick one thing, it would be the wind, in my opinion. You're saying for, especially for early season? Yes. That kind of success. Because you're sweating. Yep. Yeah, I don't care how much scent cover, ozonics, you know, you are sweating, going in, coming out. So I think playing the wind right is your biggest advantage. So early season hunting, I mean – and and low pressure yeah oh you know, yeah like hunting every day like those deer are going to get used to you going yeah in and out. low hunting pressure yes yeah. low hunting pressure picking the yeah so that's what i was going to get at too is one i also picking the correct conditions and just making it happen like what you did yep. like we talked about right at the beginning yep. of this of this episode was you said tuesday you know you said that day you said let's do it Let's rock and roll with that day. That's gonna be the day that I want to be in there. That's when I want to. That's what I want to kill that deer. Um, everything's gonna look right. The pressure's probably was gonna be on a you know kind of probably gonna be on a rise with the front that was coming in. Um, and then you had the, that trail cam footage leading up to a couple days before. And man, it is so nice to get those pictures back on your phone <laughs> while you're sitting there being like, yeah, this is what I was hoping to see. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Everything you said, I, one. I mean, but I. I told my wife, <clears throat> Rebecca, I always say my wife, Rebecca, everybody knows her. Yeah. Um, this was, this season is my first deer season with having a baby. And you just, there's more things you got to do. And you want to spend time with them, watch them grow up. And you got to pick them up from daycare and this and that. And I'm not complaining. I'm just saying you don't have the time that you had last year. This was the least I have ever hunted and probably the more success, most successful season I've had early season. I mean, to be tagged out before the rut, I don't know if I've ever done that. Yeah. But 
to uh, she's happy she's like yeah you definitely don't hunt as much but it's just hunting when the hunting's good and not just going to hunt to hunt that's is what i would say is another advantage well and that's one thing we said you know we said last year because it was really our first full full year i keep saying every year was our first year but last year was our first full full year and i remember just you know we would just grind it out through like like literally from day one be like hey what are you doing today can we go hunt what are you doing today and it was just like sitting in the stand fighting mosquitoes and i remember being at the end of the year being being like this is not what i i've never hunted this way even with the free time sure there were days if if i had not hunted in a couple days if everything wasn't right but i had the chance to go hunting i would go but i never forced the situation and last year, I know for a fact we were forcing situations. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, yeah, this is, we got to go. We got this. This is a business. Got to get some footage. We got to get some footage. You know, all those things. Um, I feel like the cameras allow those. You know, the Moultrie Mobile cameras allow us to do that from a distance. Amen. We get to put air quote pressure on deer. We get to see them move, and we know that they're in there. I don't have to go pull pull cards. All those types of things. Um, plus, like you were saying, just the limited hunting pressure. We say it all the time on, on our Instagram posts or social media posts or in podcast. Hunt when you can when you can hunt. All those things. Have a great time. This is just about being successful and, and putting the odds back into your favor. So I'm so glad that you said that because it's important to check all those factors. And I love that you brought up the juries because they have literally made a science yeah. out of it. I mean, they... The mad scientist. That's it. The mad scientist. I mean, and it's the truth. I mean, they, they look at it, they study it, and that's, I mean, I, I look at you the same way. You look at it, you study it, and there's reasons. If you go back and look at the patterns in the days that Justin Hill kills deer, you should have been in the stand those days because he <laughs> he, he did something to it. So um, I want to I end this episode right here. That's early season success from Justin Hill. Um, that's what you do to get it done in October. Um that's what you do to get it done September probably through mid-October. Would you agree? Yeah. Don't forget a lot of praying too. A lot of praying. <laughs> a lot yes. of praying. A lot of praying. <laughs> do and like you said, you know, you're talking about the, you know, it was y'all's it, life. You were talking about you and, yeah. and, and Rebecca's um, anniversary. Yeah. You planned it. I'm not saying that like you planned it around deer hunting, but you made sure that you took care of her and that those plans were That's in place right. and all those types of things. So make sure you're planning life and work and, and all those types of things. But so when it comes down to early season success, one, we tell you to hunt when you should, when you can hunt. But make sure you're limiting that pressure. Make sure in terms of hunting pressure, hunt the wind, and then be be aware of those fronts. Either it be it's been cold for a couple of days when it's getting warm, be there, or if it's been hot for a couple of days, it's gonna it's gonna be cool. And if you have the ability, ask Santa, call Grandma, get you a cell camera and put it in that in that thicket that you've got and start checking for deer because man it has changed what we've been able to do um this is a going to be a two three four part podcast episode we're sitting here going to keep recording but i'm going to stop it there that's early season success um we're just going to stop it right there we're going to keep on recording um we'll be have a part two part three like i said but if uh if you want to press pause or press whatever um go back and, and catch up from there but that's that's part one Thank you so much for meeting us here at the 8th and Time Podcast. Uh, your support means so much to us. All the new merch is on the website. Be sure to head over there and check it out, www.8thandtime.com. Click the shop icon up in the right uh, top-hand corner. You would love our hunting hat. We've got the 8th and Time icon or the logo trucker hats. 
Um, be sure to check those out. But again, thank you so much for your support. Um, tag us in all your posts at Eighth and Time. You can use our hashtag. Meet us on the crossroads. Uh, we'll share that in our story. Be sure to just keep following us on Instagram. We'll have some new stuff coming out. But again, thank you so much. If you like it, rate it. If you love it, leave a review. And thank you so much for meeting us on the crossroads here at Eighth and Time. See you guys later. Done. where you want to you can run where you may but nothing on earth gonna save you when the man comes down